Good morning, Orangewood. Good morning to Reality Sunday. Last week, Easter, place was packed. Reality Sunday was actually full in the early service. I guess those who love Jesus were here or not. But hey, you love Jesus. This is the church. Reality Sunday. It's great to be with you any Sunday. You seem all spread out all over the place. So everybody doing all right this morning? Beautiful day. A beautiful day to know and love Jesus. What a great day. Because today we start a new journey together. Uh, Today we're going to start a sermon series uh, through 2 Corinthians uh, sermon series I'm entitling Power and Weakness, uh, The Power of Weakness. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Uh, that God's word would give us uh, the reality that, that in our weakness, in our brokenness, uh, that we can have power. Uh, unbelievably, that who we are as broken sinners connected to an almighty God, that there's some truth that shines, power that shines through our weakness. Through our poverty. I mean, this good news of Jesus Christ, this good news of what God has done through us in Christ Jesus is that, that through us, through what Paul's going to tell us, jars of clay, uh, through those who are weak, God shines brightly. This whole year, we've had a kind of a theme for our year of, of preaching as we've looked at books like Ruth, of brokenness to life. When you look at the Bible story, when you look at who God is, he loves stories that are broken. He loves taking those things that need fixing and fixing them for his glory. He receives the most glory. He becomes most beautiful when he takes that which is broken, that which is lifeless, that which is struggling, brings his presence, his word, his glory, makes him beautiful. So as we continue along this theme from brokenness to life, uh, we fit right in with this series in 2 Corinthians. My wife, Katie, asked me a great question, a brilliant question. That's all she asked to me, as far as you know. She said, Jeff, why 2 Corinthians? Why start there? Why not 1 Corinthians? Uh, Which makes sense. But really, I've been wrestling. God's Spirit's been leading me to 2 Corinthians for over a year. For over a year, I've spent time in this book and wrestling, and I've, I've really been anxious to preach it, and I'm so excited to launch into a sermon series uh, this morning. But as we begin, let's get the flavor of what this is all about. Uh, kind of a theme verse, if you will. So if you're in 2 Corinthians 1, we're going right back there, but let's go to 12. Let's kind of go to the end of the book. Maybe for some of you, when you read a book, you read the last chapter, or you kind of want to get the ending to, to start at the beginning. So we're going to kind of start just for a moment to kind of capture what is the theme? What is the essence of this book uh, written by the Apostle Paul? And we'll see that in 2 Corinthians 9, I'm sorry, 12 verses 9 and 10. God is speaking to Paul. Paul saying, you know what, God, I got this thorn in the flesh. It's really making me weak. I'd love to get rid of it. I don't know exactly what that is. But Paul is just petitioning God in the midst of his weakness. Have you been there? Have you had points in your life where you're just like begging out to God? Uh, Well, this is where Paul found himself uh, through a lot of trials and a lot of brokenness and a lot of weakness. But God says to him in verse 9, My grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Can you believe that? Go figure. I mean, God is saying that his power, his perfect, almighty, like God power is perfected in our weakness. 
So Paul says, therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses. Wow. Insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And what we're going to see in this is that there's actually, there's power in weakness. And how, how the gospel of Jesus Christ, united with our weakness, brings unbelievable power. Well, our hope and prayer is, is this, that the Holy Spirit will come and untap that power in the midst of our weakness. But we begin this week with, with this theme. We begin this week with the power in our weakness to comfort. Because of our weakness, God has the power to comfort us personally. So if you're here today and you're weary and you're here today and you need to be comforted, maybe because of a broken relationship, maybe because life is really hard, I don't know why. There's good news. Is that God today wants to comfort you. He wants to meet with you. We're going to see the power in our weakness allows God to come comfort us. But we're going to see more. We're going to see that in our weakness, there's power that God uses for us to comfort one another. Amazing that he chooses to use broken vessels like you and me to bring his comfort. And we're going to see how God has called us to be just that, comforters for his glory. What an, an amazing God he is. But as we begin, uh, let, me, let me read to you. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. Let's read verses 1 through 7 in God's holy inerrant word. This is the apostle Paul writing. He's using his personality, all the gifts God give him, has given him. But God's Holy Spirit has come upon Paul in a way that he's actually writing God's own word. God's breathed into him. So we can trust this as uh, not leading us astray. Uh, we can trust this without errors in the original. But for us today, let's look at this amazing letter, uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 1 through 7. Paul writes, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God, to be an apostle of Jesus Christ and from our brother, Timothy. Now, Paul, by the way, had a name Saul before Paul. As a matter of fact, Saul was a guy who was a pretty bad guy. He, he persecuted the church. He, he wasn't into God uh, the way that, that we became into Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, um, he had a pretty religious life, but one apart from God. But God met him. I mean, Jesus Christ met him personally on the road to Damascus. I mean, he had a confrontation with Jesus Christ that forever changed his life. Have you had that kind of confrontation? But Jesus came to him so personally in such a way that completely altered his whole life that the book of Acts tells us three times of this conversion. And Paul wants to know that, listen, I was called to be an apostle, not by some man or not by some board or no elders. Jesus Christ himself by the will of God, has made me an apostle. He says, I'm writing to the church in Corinth. Uh, this isn't a building. These are people. The church there is those who are called out of darkness into God's light. And to his holy people throughout Greece, it's to be read by all of the Christians, all of the holy people. We're going to talk about who in the world are holy people in a church. Do you know any? Good news if you, by God's grace, know and love Jesus, what God has done for you in Christ Jesus, unbelievable, listen to this, he has taken your sins and placed them on his son Jesus. More than that, he's taken his son's righteousness and robed you in it. 
And so when, when God the Father looks at the church, and we are the church, we're the called out ones, and he looks at us, you know what he calls us? Saints. Saints. Are you kidding me? God's calling us saints? Yes, because he sees us beautifully in Christ Jesus. That is positionally who we are. Forgiven, loved, made beautiful. So when we read scripture and it says to the church here, include yourself if you are a lover of Jesus. Include yourself and embrace that amazing, beautiful title, the holy ones. In God's eyes, in Christ Jesus, that is who we are. May God, may God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace, unmerited favor and peace. All praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. Maybe your text says the God of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We are able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation, Paul tells the church. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in the sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, how I need thee every hour. Every hour of every day, I need you. Your grace, your peace, your mercy. But there's no hour that I need you more than this hour. When I stand before the saints, the holy ones of God, the church. And I stand to declare your word with authority and power. Oh, how I need thee. I need thee this hour to come and speak through a broken sinner like me. Jesus, would you come and show me by the power of your spirit your way? Would you guide me in your truth today and all day for your glory? God, would you take each one of us because you love us and would you cause us to turn our eyes today, right now, upon Jesus May we look fully into his wonderful, comforting, glorious face. May, may we see Jesus so glorious that the, that the trials of life, the things of life will just grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Come be with us for your glory. Come give us your grace. Give us your joy. Give us your comfort. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Is your resume up to date? Do you have your resume up to date right now? If uh, someone were to say to you, hey, I got the dream job for you. I got the dream experience for you. That, that one thing you've been waiting for so long, it's about to happen. Come in tomorrow. Come in tomorrow for a resume because boy, there's a door open for you. Would you be ready? Would you be ready if, if you had to sit down tomorrow and maybe some organization was interviewing you and you had your, your resume up to date? And what if they ask you this question? What are your greatest strengths? What would you tell them? What would you tell them your greatest strengths were? And then if they ask you this question, well, what, what, are your, what are your greatest weaknesses? What are those, well, those weaknesses, maybe in your character or more be in your leadership, you know, what are your greatest weaknesses? And you know what the truth is? I bet you wouldn't tell them the truth. 
I bet you would be very anxious and quick to tell them your strengths. You probably can rattle those right off. Do you want them in priority? Would you like them alphabetically? How would you like them? Want me to email them to you? Would you like them in a PowerPoint? Greatest weaknesses. Mm, Well, I work too hard. (laughs) I care too much about my job. You know, all that baloney we have a tendency to throw out when it gets to the greatest weaknesses, right? I recently met with a friend last week, and he's a good enough friend to tell me the truth, and we talked about strengths and weaknesses, and when it got down to weaknesses, specifically weaknesses in leadership, I wanted to hide. I wanted to hide. I, I don't want to tell him the truth, and you know, truth is, I'm not very good with confrontation, you know, and the truth is, is I don't usually do a very great job just holding some feet to the fire at times, and the truth is, and you know, everything I was saying, I was like, man, do I just love people and their praise, and you know, my weakness is is the fact that I just want men and women to like me, almost to the expense of anything. You think I share my weaknesses? I share the ones I'm comfortable with you. Are you kidding me? But here's Paul. Paul's going to write a a letter to to the church in Corinth, and here's what he's going to boast in. He's going to boast in his weakness. He Basically, 2 Corinthians is a resume of weakness. Okay, there's been a lot of stir about Paul. There's been some confusion about him. Quite frankly, this road to Damascus experience and how he became an apostle, there's some confusion. And there's been some people that are coming in and stirring up quite a stir in the church of Corinth. And people are saying, who is this Paul? And and what are his qualifications? Can we trust him? And isn't it interesting, instead of Paul saying, let me tell you about my strengths, he says, let me boast in my weaknesses. Let me show you who God chooses to use to advance his kingdom. Broken vessels like me. You know what Paul says? Paul says the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of Christ is seen actually through brokenness and weakness. So if you're here today and you are broken and you're here today and you are weak and you're here today and you are needy and you're here today and you're human, good news. God shines through the broke, the weak, and the needy. Unbelievably, God chooses to use Paul, who boasts in weakness, to bring healing to the church in the New Testament that was the most messed up. The people in Corinth, I mean, they had some great gifts, but these people had issues. I'm telling you, deep issues. I mean, they were a mess. They were perverted. They they were into some things that just should make the church sick. But who does God send to the rescue? Who does God send to go fix up a church like Corinth? Not Superman. Paul. Paul. Broken. Weak. God chooses the weak to do his deepest strength and issues, to bring glory to God. It's amazing. It's through Paul's and our weakness that God brings his comfort. Brings his comfort to one another, to us and to one another. It's God. If you read your Bible, you'll see in there it says that God is the God of all comfort or the source of all comfort. This triune God who is, this triune God, he is the source of all good. He is the source of all comfort. We got to just spend a minute on this. Let's unpack it for a minute. Here's the point. There is one God, living true God, exists in three persons. This amazing triune God, he is the source of all mercy and comfort. Let's start with the Father. It's the Father who initiates. It's the Father who initiates bringing comfort for us. I don't know why, but Scripture tells us and truth reveals to us that God the Father loves sinners like us. Did you hear that? God the Father loves sinners like us. 
He does. How much does he love us? He demonstrates his own love to us that while we were still sinners, Christ Jesus was sent to come rescue us. The father of all mercies, he initiates with us. He initiates mercy and compassion. How do we know? Because he sent his son. What an amazing father. How do we know he shows us mercy and compassion? Because he calls us out of darkness into his beautiful light. The father who calls us, who when we once weren't a people, and once we weren't his, out of that darkness into himself. That's the church. Ecclesia, called out. That's who we are. What a merciful father that calls us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Is that comfort that God calls you out of darkness? Is it comfort that God loves you enough to send his son? It's the father who makes us holy. Does that bring you comfort? He doesn't love you because you're holy. He loves you and he makes you holy. He makes you a holy, his people. Makes you holy by taking your sins and giving them to Christ and giving you Christ's righteousness. Good news. Good news is this, of what God has done for us. Listen, good news is what God has done, finished, completed for us. We're called out. We're holy. We're his. Wow. What comfort the father initiates. What about the son? The comfort of the son who executes the son's job. What was his whole job? To come to seek and to save the lost. That's you. That's me. And he had to go to quite depths to find us. Some of us were so lost, so, so in the muck and the mire. The comfort of Jesus to come and to rescue us and to find us in the depths of our sin. But listen, he didn't leave us there. He lifts us to the height. The merciful God, not only through the Father who initiates, the Son who executes, but it's the Holy Spirit that applies it all to us. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit was coming when he ascended to heaven. In John 14, verse 16, do you know what the Holy Spirit is called? The comforter. The comforter. The same Greek word, the same root that we get comfort from. God says, I'm going to send you the comforter to come and to apply the Father's love, the Son's work, and the the Father's initiation to you. What an amazing God. The God who's the source of all comfort. But in order for us to have a comfort from God, we must first be in relationship with God. Did you hear that? In order for us to tap into that comfort, we must be in relationship with him. And furthermore, we must be in relationship with one another. How do we know that? We need to be in relationship to him. Because Paul says, praise to to be to our God and Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. Is God your father? Is Jesus your savior? Are you in relationship with this great God? The God of the Bible is a covenant-making God. What does that mean? Well, this God enters into relationships. He establishes them with sinful people like us. It's amazing. God always is the initiator. And God comes and he reveals himself uh, to those whom he chooses. And he enters into relationship with them. And he promises to bless them and and to love them and to keep them, to make them his people. But the amazing thing, he gives them grace to have faith in him. And so it's through these, listen, listen, hang on with this, through these relationships that God's blessings flow. It's through these relationships. Why does the Bible in the Old Testament say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Well, it's because God came to Abraham and promised him to bless him so he'll be the blessings of the nations. He came to Isaac and Jacob. And so it's through this covenant relationship where God's blessings flow. But guess what? 
All those relationships just pointed to one. All those relationships just pointed to one. That's the relationship between God the Father and God the Son. So praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? It's because through the Lord Jesus Christ, all the blessings of God's flows. All the comfort of God flows. All the life of God's flows. That's how we can tap in to the relationship and the comfort of God. It's through a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when he says, blessed be the Father, our Father, do you know that joy? Of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's through him where we have all these blessings flowing to us. But it's not only to us. We must be relationship to him, him to receive comfort. Unbelievably, you read 2 Corinthians and you realize that most important is a vertical relationship we have with Christ, but almost equally as important, very important, is a horizontal relationship with one another. Why? Because God wants us to tap into him through Christ Jesus to receive comfort so that we could comfort one another. We can be a a, a community, a church that comforts one another. That's why we do things like community groups. That's why we have things like WIC. That's why we go in the mountains and shoot power guns at people to build relationships and band of brothers. But there's, four, there's a few things we need to look at if you want to continue to follow along in your bulletin. The first thing is this. Seeing that God is a God of all comfort. The power of weakness that enables us to be comforted by God. My brothers and sisters, please turn your eyes to the reality of what Scripture says. That there's power in weakness. This is what it means. God is going to allow circumstances, stuff, sin, brokenness to quarry you deep. He's going to allow circumstances to break you to pieces. He's going to allow uh, things to just absolutely clear out your heart and your soul to enable you, listen, to enable you to be filled with the presence, the glory, and the comfort of God. You see, see, it's in the depths. It's in the depths when we realize uh, and the worst day that we could ever imagine, in the midst of our worst nightmare, that when you realize that God is there, that God is good, that the gospel really, really shines. I'll never forget the day Jesus showed up in our kitchen. It was 2009. It was the night before my wife's cancer surgery. And through the generosity of a friend and some frequent flyer miles, my, our daughter was fly, flown home from college, and there we sat. The night before, a pretty, pretty uh, extensive surgery the next day. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the feeling going into that, the helplessness, and, and just the, the longing to try to help the one you love most. But it was that night it was that night, just as we gathered together around that meal, that somehow, I'm telling you, some way Jesus sat there with us. I can't explain it. I, I didn't see him. But I, he was there. I mean, he was there. I mean, it was unbelievable, the peace that we had that passes understanding. I mean, it was unbelievable how tangibly present God's spirit was there. It was unbelievable the joy, the hope that was there at my dining room table. I never would have known it. I never would have known it if I hadn't sunk to the depths. And God shows up and says, I'm here with you. I'll never leave you. 
I'll never forsake you. I'm coming. I'm bringing comfort that passes understanding. I remember my friend David. My friend David uh, was on, got on a board, a, a, a schooner ship uh, out of Belize several years ago doing mission work. He got on board with all of his possessions, and before long, they, they headed into a very bad storm, and the storm did damage to the ship, such damage that they were uh, now taking in water, such damage that the water was coming in at such a rate that the bilge pumps couldn't get it out, and they realized they were going down, and they realized they had to call in Mayday and get help, and he was about ready to, to lose all of his possessions, and he started realizing that maybe your life is in peril. And he says, he said to me, he said, Jeff, I'll never forget the amazing peace of God in the midst of that depth of that, in the midst of the storm. Such amazing peace. God is here. God is with me. He said, as quick as that came, I was terrified. Terrified. Next moment, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to die. I'm going to lose all my stuff. I don't even know what to do. Paralyzed with fear. Wave, next wave, peace. It's okay, I'm with you, I'll never leave you. Terrified, peace. He started figuring out, I'm showing you what I'm saving you from. I'm just showing you that I'm here. Without me, he would be so afraid. God rescued him. God shows up in the depths of our storms to say, I am here. There's such good news. We have a God who meets us. He's there. We have a God who more than that, he realized our weakness by becoming weak. God Almighty, God's own Son, the one who spoke and the worlds came into existence. He became weak to relate to us, to understand us. We have a God who not only sympathizes with us, listen to this, we have a God who empathizes with us because he knows our weaknesses. He, be, he himself became weak. Scripture says that in Philippians 3.10 that there's a fellowship with Christ in our weaknesses. There's a fellowship with Christ in our suffering. That we have this koinonia Greek word like unity with Christ. God uses our weakness to unite us to himself. God, listen, listen, this is what you got to hear. God uses your weakness to fill you with his glory. But there's not more than that. The power of weakness, not just to fill us, but also that equips us to comfort one another. He does it for a reason. Yes, to fill you, but also to fill one another. My community group is a absolute beautiful mess. Talk about a bunch of messed up, broken people. It's my community group. I mean, you won't believe what's happened to us this year. I mean, it's been amazing. We've lost one. A 53-year-old guy died in our community group. I mean, we, we, we've had marital issues and we've had kids issues and job issues and financial issues. I mean, you name the issues, we got them. Issue community group right here. And man, has it been a blessing. For us to be able to love one another, for us to be able to hang on to one another, uh, for us to be able to remind one another the good news of Christ, it's been amazing. I'll never forget when Todd Jordan passed away. And, and you know, trying to pull off a memorial service here is hard. And the hard, you know what the sad truth is? The hardest memorial service to put in, pull off is one when someone's not known. To call people up and say, okay, can you come serve so-and-so's memorial service? Who? Didn't know him. Can you come? But I tell you what, the community group that invested in his life and knew him, we were here. And we couldn't wait to bring Christine. We had the privilege of bringing his widow, Christine, our dear sister, the comfort of Christ. You see, God chooses to love us and provide us in relationship his comfort 
But he chooses to use community to bring his comfort. Are you in community with others? You know what Satan would love to do? The enemy would love to isolate you. The enemy would love to just get you away from the pack, get you away from the church, get you away, and then start lying to you, and then start telling you how horrible life is, and then just start getting in your face, and getting you isolated, and getting you alone, and getting you away from God's comforting people, and his church. That's, that's what he wants to do. But I want to tell you, you got to be in relationship with him. you got to be in relationship with one another. And in a safe enough place where you tell the truth. You know what? I'm, I'm hurting. Life, life is difficult right now. Safe enough that we can carry each other's burdens. Are you in community? Because the God of all comfort comforts us so that we can comfort one another. In life and in death. You know, I, I, I had to slide out in the early service and go sit next to my mom uh, for a few moments because uh, we sang heaven came down and glory filled my soul. And I remember the day and I just went back. And I said, you know, mom, I remember the day. I may have been four, but I remember the day you kneeling down beside my bed that heaven came down and glory filled my soul. And, and then later on in the service, we sang, turn your eyes upon Jesus. I mean, that's just one of our, my all-time favorites. Because talk about bringing comfort in life and death. I mean, my mom was at my grandfather's, her dad's bedside, and singing to him, singing to him in those last moments before eternity, singing, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of life will grow strangely dim by the light of his glory and grace. And my grandfather lifts off his bed, reaches to whatever he saw in glory, and passed away. Man, to be able to give comfort, the comfort of God to those around us in life and in death. God has called us to do that. And we have the power of weakness that calls us. And similarly, to receive comfort, but to be comforters to one another. You know, one of the most beautiful things that happened out of our community group, actually we have two community groups that meet in our house. And when Todd Jordan passed away, um, that day there was an amazing uh, Jesus calling devotional. Many of us love that devotional. It's a great one if you don't have it. But one, one couple in that community group decided that they were going to take that Jesus calling, that devotional. You ready for this? This is so cool. And they made a comforter out of it. They took it and they took the words out of Jesus calling and, and, and kind of the picture of the front book. And, and they made a comforter out of the day's devotion that Todd passed away. Just to be a comfort to a widow. And listen, they put it on the bed where the husband had passed away. Called to be comforters is what we are called to do. What an amazing picture of the reality of how God wants to fill us so that we could comfort others. You know, as pastors, we get phone calls sometimes. You don't know always what's going to be on the end of the line. And I'll never forget several years ago, maybe, maybe 10 years ago, eight years ago now, I got one of those frantic phone calls. And you know, right, in the moment you hear it about the tone, that this isn't good. And it was a phone call from a friend who, who had a friend that was in desperate need and needed help. As a matter of fact, 
uh, this friend's friend, he was, he was out uh, doing yard work. He was out a ride on lawnmower. His son couldn't wait to get out there with him. And he was out. He ran out to be with dad. Dad just didn't see him. And he backed over him. He backed over his son. And they were calling me to go to the hospital. And, and the boy fighting for his life and, and fighting for his limbs. And would you go? Would you be with him? I, I want you to know. I mean, I'm scared to death. I, I want you to know the truth. I mean, I'm going. I'm driving down I-4. I'm saying, God, God I, I don't know what to say. God, I don't know what to do. God, I'm going because I love you. And I'm going in obedience to you. Would you please just use me? And making your way through that hospital that day. And you know, of course I was going to find him because you can't not help but hear the wail of a father. And as I made my way around the last corridor and there was the wail of the father and there was a broken man that I had never laid eyes on before, that had never laid eyes on me either, that I just had the privilege of walking to him and putting my arms around him and hugging him. As he wept, as I wept, just hugged him. I don't know what else I did. I don't know what else I said. I don't even quite know what else happened. But all I know is as the days passed and God's grace was present, he said, God showed up in the hospital and he hugged me. And God used me to give a hug to someone else who was absolutely, God used me just to hug him. You know what that means? To be used by God, to be a comforter, that God would choose to use the broken, the weak, the despairing to show his love? Church, God wants you to go hug a broken world. In his name. And the amazing thing is that you hug a broken world in his name. He shines. He shows up. He says, I am real. May we show up in broken places and give hugs for God. You know, Joe, Joe reminded me we have a, uh, a deal coming up. Uh, this... Uh, how can we pray for you? This will be the sign we have up for the uh, cancer walk. And maybe if you come, uh, even just for a little bit, maybe God will call you to give someone a prayer, someone a hug. The beautiful power of weakness, it allows three things. The beautiful power of weakness, listen, as we close, it allows three things. Our weakness, our brokenness, allows us to be poured in from God. Isn't that amazing? First and foremost, did you hear that? Did you hear that good news? Our brokenness, our weakness allows us to be poured into by a God who wants to comfort us first and foremost. But God also uses your neighbor, those who sit next to you. He uses them to pour into you as well. And he uses us amazingly to pour into others, to be a comfort in their weakness. Only happens if you're in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Are you? 
Are you this morning tapped into the God of all comfort? Are you in a living relationship with Him through the work of His Son? It's all by grace. Grace to you. Peace to you through our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? That is the ultimate and only source of comfort. And are you in relationship with other believers? Are you in that relationship? Are you allowing God the privilege of using you to comfort others? Are you giving others the privilege of bringing you God's comfort through them? The call for relationship with God and with one another. God gives us the privilege of being his comforters. To tell his story through us. Go comfort the world in Christ. Let us pray. God, you are so good. You are so beautiful. You are so glorious. And you are triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you and you alone is the source of all comfort, life, and joy. And Father, we thank you that you have given to us an avenue, an advocate, a way for us to tap into you, the living God's comfort, to know and love and experience it now through the life and death and resurrection of your son, Jesus. Oh God, we thank you for the comfort that we receive right in the depths, right in those worst moments. We know that Emmanuel, God is with us. God is for us. Oh, what a gracious God. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you're a God who relates to us. You can say, you know, I've been there. I was there in the midst of your brokenness. You may not have seen me. I was the one sitting and weeping with you. I was the one hugging you. I was the one. Jesus, thank you for being there. Thank you for relating to us. And Father and Son, thank you for giving us the glorious Holy Spirit the comforter that lives inside of us, reminds us that you're always with us, always for us. And God, what you do is most glorious, that not only do you comfort us, but you also use us to comfort us. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Thank you. May this church be known as those people in love with you, in love with one another, bringing comfort, being comforters to a broken church and a broken world. All for your glory, we pray. Amen.